0: Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. You can be seated. And uh, remember, we have these worship celebrations, but worship is about, it's not about a meeting, it's about a way of life, right? Now... The music may not always sound as good, the vocals may not sound always, always that good at your home, but God wants us to learn to worship, and we worship Him more than just in music and song, and our life is to be a life of worship. Thank the Lord for the powerful time of worship this morning. Um, since the beginning of the year, we've been looking at um, 2020 vision and different aspects of, of having the vision, what God has put in our heart to follow it. We looked at the importance of making more room for God to do what he wants to do in our life, making more room for the increase he's bringing. We looked at the importance of following through that what God puts in our heart, that we walk it out by faith, that we follow through. This morning, I'm going to kind of close things out along this uh, 2020 Vision series by talking about a very important aspect of the future, and that is about Sowing seed. When we talk about 2020 vision and seed and your future or planting seed for your future, I ask a question Are you clear? Uh, do you, are you clear about your main purpose in this life? Of what the Lord has put in your heart to do? Uh, of what changes need to be made in your life? You know, our eyesight, we have what's called physical vision with our eyesight, and we see things that are around us, but when we have spiritual eyesight, we see beyond that, and even without physical eyesight, we can have that spiritual eyesight, seeing from within, seeing from the heart, and that is seeing, uh, that is seeing more than what's visible, That's, that is a life of faith. When you live out the vision that God gives you, you're living out a life of faith. You're seeing what God has promised and what he's going to bring to pass. Now, when we look at the seed, and some of this, many of you are familiar with it, and there's been a lot of different teachings along this line, but I want us to walk through some basic things together today, if you'll hang in there with me. We want to look at the fact that God is the one who established the principle of the seed. We're we'll gonna go back and see that this starts back in Genesis. I'm we'll just pick up a few verses in Genesis. And if you'll follow along with me, it's on the screen, or you can follow along in your, in your Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Look at this in Amplified Bible. It says, so God said, Let the earth bring forth or sprout tender vegetation or plants that will yield seed and fruit trees bearing fruit. God said, Let the created vegetation. And within that was fruit that produced seed, and then the multiplication would would continue on. The principle of seed sowing that would produce. And um, now he goes on and says that it will bear fruit according to or consistent with the kind of seed that's planted. And that's an important part of the seed principle is that when you plant a seed that. That the results or the harvest will be in like kind, and um, we can, we can see that. You plant an apple tree, you expect you plant apple seed, you expect to get an apple tree. You plant watermelon seed, you don't expect to get a tomato. I mean, it just it works that way. It, it is made to where it's to 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 reproduce after its kind. In Genesis chapter two, verse fifteen, it says, "So the Lord God took the man that he had created." And he settled him or placed him in the garden, the garden of Eden, to do what? To cultivate it and keep it. To cultivate and keep the grounds, the seed that had been planted, so that the that the, the vegetation that the plants there would continue to grow and produce. Now, it was right in that part, and we might just step, just have just step to the side for just a moment. And continuing on in that we 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 understand it, that the Lord God Took the man and he made and settled him in the garden, but there was more than, uh, there was more that was to happen. Uh, he said, It's not good or beneficial for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper, one who balances him. This is Amplified Bible, so you can see it's kind of wordy here, but I think it's good. He said, I'm going to make man a helper. One who balances him, guys that are married, you need to listen to this. One who balances him, who's a counterpart, who is suitable and complimentary to him. Now, I know complimentary has a, two different meanings right in here, but it's not bad for the woman to compliment her husband, right? God, guys, you are weak this morning. Well, I gave you a wide open door for a good amen there. Or maybe that amen need to come from the woman, from the wife. Well, verse 19 says, So the Lord God formed out of the ground every animal, of the field, every bird of the air. And it's amazing when you read about this that, that the, the creation of Adam and Adam, you know, Adam before sin, Adam in the likeness of God and how God had intended his life to be was a miraculous creation and had tremendous ability wisdom, insight. But God, the way the scripture describes it, God brought all these animals before him and Adam named them. And so we kind of picture in our mind now they had different kinds of animals back then. They didn't match all of our, all of our elephants and giraffes and things we have today. Even on the ark, Noah's ark, the animals were quite different than what we have in this day. There have been some changes along the way. But the animals were brought before him and he named every one of them. And after he did that, it was concluded that mm, still needs someone. There still wasn't someone that was suitable for a companion for him. I suppose it wasn't very difficult for him to come to that conclusion, but God came to that conclusion too. Now, nah, these won't do. Now, so here's what the Lord did. You've read this. It says, so the Lord caused a deep sleep. You know, this is the first surgery recorded in Scripture. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in that place, and he took that rib, and from that rib, uh, that he took from man that he, and, and it's a different word used here from created from the ground, it says that from the rib of the side of the man, he made or fashioned, he took, it's like saying God took special care in creating the woman, spade, spade, paid special attention to that. Ladies, there's a wonderful opportunity for you to say amen. But I'm, I'm giving all kinds of, he made, he, he fashioned or formed the woman from the rib of the side of man. Now people say, well, no, man still has all his ribs. You don't know how many ribs a man had before one was taken. All right. <laughs> Just think about that. Now, verse 25. Now, Adam came out from under the anesthetic there and um, the woman was brought to him. I will paraphrase here. The first word I think that Adam said was, wow. <laughs> wow. Now, the scripture says, Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She'll be, she shall be called woman, woman, because she's taken from the man. In Genesis chapter one, verse 28 the Bible says that God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and God said to them, Do what? Be fruitful and multiply. This has to do with a seed principle. It takes seed planted in order to multiply. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it and take dominion, have dominion over And then when we jump up to Genesis chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible says, As long as the earth remains, this is the word of the Lord. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be sowing and reaping. As long as the earth exists. So it's, a, it's an unending unending principle that affects our lives today. Now I want to point out just, just a few things just very quickly to you and I think they'll be on the screen. But... Um, when we look at, we look at uh, the planting of seed, the importance of s- seed, we be, we've learned, first of all, that everything in life starts with a seed. Everything in life starts with a seed. In fact, we know that life itself begins with a seed, with conception. 24 times in the New Testament where it mentions the word seed, the Greek word is sperma. Life begins with the planting of seed so everything starts with a seed genetically now a seed has all the information that it needs to grow into a complete plant it has an embryo it has a little food store to help help it grow in the very beginning stage before it sprouts and then it has a protective shell around it everything begins with a seed secondly life is a process of sowing and reaping life All aspects of life is a process of sowing and reaping. Next, the life you get is connected to the seed you sow, to the seed that is sown. The life you get is connected to the seed that is sown or planted. Also remember that your future is shaped by the seed that you're sowing now the seed that you've already sown or sowing now. And finally, don't forget as we approach the future that every dream begins with planting a seed. There's always a seed for creation, for inventions, for for new things, future things. To see something come to pass, you must first plant a seed in the right environment and nurture it. Plant a seed, plant it, make sure it's in the right environment, and nurture it. You must understand the principle of the seed in order to, to really understand the rest of the parables. That's what Jesus said. So it's very fundamental to understanding the kingdom of God and how it works is to understand the principle of the seed. So it's important when we're looking at life and producing things in our life that's to come. Now, first of all, look at just two my, two main things I want us to point out and then we'll have some things connected to those two things. First, need to recognize that God's Word, in Scripture, that God's Word is a seed. God's Word is a seed. Luke chapter 8 verse 11 says the seed is the word of God. When Jesus was telling the parable about the sower, sowing seed, he said, now the seed is the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23, the Bible says that we're born again through the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. When you look at, it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but when you look specifically at Mark, chapter 4, that in that chapter he's got three separate, he's got more than three parables, but he's got three parables that deal with seed in that same chapter. He talks about sowing the seed, seed that's planted in the ground, different conditions that that seed's planted in. And then he talks about the fact that seed must grow and develop. It doesn't start, it doesn't spring up into a full plant. To a complete plant ready for harvest, it grows and sprouts in the beginning. It must first of all come with a sprout, a blade of grass, and then grow into maturity. That's how the seed works. That's how faith works in your life. That, that's how spiritual growth works in your life. It has a starting place, but as you plant, continue to plant the right seed and you nurture it in the word and in prayer and in be walking in obedience to the Lord as you walk through these things, then you you grow and you develop in your faith and you develop as a believer. So he he talks about the growing stages of the seed. Then he talks about the power of the seed when he talks about if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, when he says it's very, 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 very small, he says you can speak that mountain and say mood and be moved. Now, it's not so much the size of the seed there, it is, it is that... The fact that it is the right seed that's planted. The right seed that's planted to produce. It's the quality of the seed. So l- let me point out a few things here. And you may want to jot this down. Keep in notes that, first of all. That if God's word is a seed. Remember that it is alive. God's word is alive. And it contains life. God's word is alive. And it contains life. Remember Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Says the word of God is living or alive and powerful. Listen. The word of God is alive. It's not just—it's not just words on paper. Jesus said, "The words that I give you, they are spirit, and they're life." And I love this passage, of Scripture in Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty through twenty-two, and I'm in New Living Translation. This is so good. It says, "My child, pay attention to what I say. Pay attention to His words." Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them, and they bring healing or health to their whole body. Don't you think that's awesome? What what a promise of the power of the seed of the word of God in us! It says now if you get this word in you, listen, hear it, get it inside of you, receive it. Don't lose sight of it. Keep it before you. Let it penetrate down deep inside of you by meditating on it, by standing on it, and then you will see that within you it will develop. It will develop and produce healing, health into every aspect of your life. What a promise! So it's alive and contains life. Secondly, it does nothing. A seed does nothing until it's planted. It does nothing until it's planted. Luke 4, 3 says a farmer went out to plant some seed. If he had never done that, it would have never. It it has been no crop. Very basic, but very important. So that's why we need to plant that seed within us, in our heart if you will. And that's why we need to, we, we want to come to a place to where our, our heart is good soil. And this is a powerful uh, parable that, that Jesus tells in the, in the Gospels of the power of the sower and the seed. And the focus here, uh, the, one of the main focuses of this is, is not just the seed, but what's receiving that seed, where the seed is planted, the condition of the soil. So let me just kind of walk through this very quickly with you. We need to learn to put the seed in the right environment. Uh, In Mark chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, it talks about the seed was sown, and I'm just going to kind of walk through it. It says, it was sown and some of it fell on hard ground or the wayside, or some translation says a footpath. So in the places where they would sow, there would be places they would walk along beside. There were different pathways where there was a lot of traffic, and the ground would get hard there. So he says, some seed was sown, and, but it didn't really take root. It was on hard ground, and so birds came and just snatched it away before it could take root. And then it says, some seed were planted on stony ground. It sprouted quickly, but the sun scorched it because it didn't really have any, any root, any depth of root, and it withered away. And then there was some seed that fell, but it fell among thorns, and those thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But he said, but but there were other seed, this is, this is important, but there were other seed that fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. And after Jesus told that parable, then the disciples, who'd been hanging out with Jesus an awful lot, didn't pick up on it. And so when they got along with him, they said, Jesus, we didn't quite understand. Can you explain to me what you were saying that parable? And then Jesus talks about having the ability to to hear. But anyway, then he begins to tell them the meaning of the parable. He says, when the seed is sown on hard ground, that represents those who hear the word, the word of God, the seed, who hear the word, but Satan comes and takes it away or steals it away from their heart because it's hardened. No place to take root. He says, the stony ground represents those who hear the seed and they receive it with gladness. Right at the beginning, yes, this is great. They receive it, It's wonderful. But it has no root in themselves and it endures, it endures just for a little while. There's a lot of people, I think, that fit in that category as far as their response to the word and receiving the word. So they, they hear it. This is wonderful. This is great. But then when they run into difficulties, of tribulation, persecution, things come against them, things don't work out exactly like they thought it would, then it, they They can't endure. The seed withers and dies. Then the seed that was sown among the thorns. He says that represents those who hear the word, but the cares of the world or their worries and the things of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire of other things in their life, that, that consumes their life and it chokes the word and their life becomes unfruitful. You notice that people can hear the word, can receive the word, They're excited about it. It's working in their lives, but they allow other things, the distractions and the lure of things in this world, the things to come in and choke out the power and the working of God's word in their lives to produce. But, he says, then there are the ones that were sown on good ground. He says, these are the ones who hear the word They receive it or accept it. They receive it, accept it, and they will bear fruit. If your heart, and the ground represents your heart, if your heart, if you will receive the word and and receive it with gladness and receive it in faith and take that word into you, he says it will produce some 30, some 60, some 100 times. It'll produce in your life. We have to ask the question, oh, is my heart a good environment for the Word of God? And listen, no matter how many times you fail, no matter how old you are, if you can get back to the right environment to let God's Word come and into your life and receive it and give it a good place to take root and produce in your life, then I want you to know that when you move back in that right environment, Your dream can still come to pass. God can still produce in your life. So we need to be open and receptive to the word. Also, you need to, uh, it's important for us to remember that the word, the seed, the seed produces after its own kind. Actually, the seed is a copy of the plant. So we plant a need. If we have a need, we we plant a seed. I know that. It's been used a lot and perhaps misused some. But the principle there is true. If you have a need, plant a seed. If you have a problem, plant the promise of God in your life that speaks to that problem. In other words... Whatever you're facing, find out what the Word says about it. Find out the promises of God that are given in it and plant that inside of you to produce. And you'll, you'll see some changes. Uh, the seed, the Word needs to be nourished inside our life and that only comes through meditating on the Word, through, through allowing time for the Lord to speak to us. It's important it takes time it takes time it takes first of all it takes time to be persistent and consistent and allowing the word to come inside of us sometimes we get impatient with it it needs nourishment cultivating for it to grow then you need to uh, remember that that seed the word of god will produce a real harvest in your life according to what kind of promise you plant according to what seed you plant in your life and according to how many Uh, The Bible says that whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So the level or the amount of harvest that's produced in our lives depends somewhat on us, doesn't it? When you say that that's what that means, whoever sows sparingly, reluctantly, stingily, will reap that way. But whoever sows bountifully, abundantly, generously, And they'll receive such. So expect a harvest of answered prayer and miracles. The seed of his word planted in you will change you. It will change your life. God's word in you and in me always produces. But always remember that it's your faith that activates that seed. That's what makes it work is your faith and confidence that this is the Word of God, that He's given it to you, and that it is true, and that it works. You get it down inside of you. And get that Scripture promise for your problem, to solve and resolve and speak to your problem. So if there's an area where you're having a problem, or something you're believing for, or something you need, something you want to come to pass in your life, then plant the right seed. And so people say, well, how do I sow? How do I plant or sow the see the word of God in, within me? How do I do that? I mean, yeah, I, I see it. it's important, but how do I do that? Well, I, th- I think it's it, it's actually pretty simple. Just I'll use three little statements. First of all, you've got to take it. In other words, you've got to take the word, you gotta receive it, give it place in your life. Meditate on it. Hear it. Hear sometimes it, it's important to. When you read the scripture, there are times when you're meditating on it, it's time to stop and read it out loud so you can hear yourself say it. Hearing the word is important. And so you take the word and you speak the word, which brings us to the second point. You take it, then you say it. If you're going to plant a seed in your life, first of all, you need to take it, receive it, and then you need to say it. You need to, to, to declare what God has done for you, the seed that you planted and what you believe in God for here. And I'm not talking about using God as some big Santa Claus or that this is about uh, always wanting to go after just things that we need or, or uh, this, is, this is not about, this, this is really not about that. This is about learning that God wants us to, to, to take or receive His Word and that he promises that if we do that, it will most definitely produce in our life. His promises will produce to provide. Our, his promises produce provision. So take it, receive it, say it. You need to say the word of God. Say it. Mark eleven twenty three. Whoever says to this mountain, "Be removed and cast into the sea," whoever says to this mountain, "Be removed and cast into the sea," and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will come those things he says will come to pass he will have whatever he says it's a remarkable verse it's in the bible so it's true so you take it you say it and then simply you pray it the next verse mark 11:24 says whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them so if I'm going to allow god's word to work in my life i need to take it I need to say it, I need to pray it. Simple but powerful. So God's word is a seed. The second aspect of this I want us to look at this morning is is that um, seed, our actions, our words represent seed, seed in our life. The law of seed time and harvest operates in every area of our life. Your words, your actions, your deeds, every one of them represents a seed that's sown into a situation or into a person's life. Now that's, that's, that's powerful. That everything that we do, and the words we say, that we're constantly planting seed, that will produce something good or bad, positive or negative, and it shows the importance of walking out because it's just like you're going around all the time <laughs> sowing seed. With what you're Doing what you're saying, you're sowing different kinds of seed that will produce. Now you don't need to get uptight about that so much that you're afraid to do anything or say anything. Because when you get to a place to where you allow the Word of God to be the primary focus of your life and you get His truth inside of you, then what's going to come out of you will be His Word. And so that's what changes us from the inside out so that our actions line up with His Word, so that our language, our words line up with His Word. So we just simply trust Him. It's it's walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and trusting God in our lives, that He's in charge, He's the one that's moving in our lives, that we've surrendered our heart to Him. And as we live out this life, then we learn to sow the right seeds. We learn to make the right choices, say the right things, do the right things that line up with his word. So they all produce. They produce. It's kind of like the kingdom of God is is seen as upside down by the world system, but it's really right side up. The kingdom of God works quite differently than our world system. But it works. And so... It doesn't make sense in some ways to some people that when you if you have a need, then the first thing you do is give. The scripture's quite clear, give, and it shall be given unto you. But it says actually, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I know there's a lot of different aspects to that verse. I understand that. But I I think, in essence, the the word's simply saying here that, look, this is the way the kingdom of God works. If you have a need, if you have a financial need, then sow by your own giving. So I don't have any finances to give. Then, Then give. Just give of yourself. There's so many things you can give. And if you need mercy, extend mercy. If you need patience, be patient. Sow the seed of patience. In every area of your life, if you need encouragement, encourage someone. Sow that kind of seed. And we so often become so inner focused and focusing on, on our own situation that we lose this principle and lose the wonderful promise that if we'll go ahead and give, if we'll go ahead and sow, if we'll go ahead and walk this out, that it'll begin producing a crop that will come back in our lives or produce a harvest. It doesn't happen overnight in most cases, but it does begin to produce things in our life. So if you need, it's a financial need, then Be generous. That's completely opposite from, from the world system that says, no, it's mine. I worked hard for it. I'm gonna hold on to it. I have to save it. And saving's wonderful. I mean, that's fine. Investment's fine. And I'm not talking about some type of gimmick that, hey, I'll give $100 and I'll get $1,000. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the principle of the fact that when we step over the fact of being willing to give first, then we've moved over into an arena of faith that attaches to the seed, the promise of the Word of God that says, if I will give, then I will receive. If I give, I will receive. That's just the truth of the Word of God. Don't get over in this area where people say, well, here's my idea. If I really need this money, then I'll just give money away. You better be led by the Holy Spirit. And you better make it Legitimate. But you, but you and I come to a place in faith where we're at this place, where we say, "I just need to, I just need a little bit more, Lord. I just need, how how do I get this little bit more? Just a small amount." And then we hear those strange words that says, "Give away some of what you have," or sometimes he says, "Give it all away." You saw that in scripture. But Lord, but Lord, how am I ever going to get what I need? When we don't step out in that place of faith, it will limit us and it will shut the doors to the blessings of God he wants to bring in our life. But if we'll go ahead and by faith step out, when we hear him, when we know where are obeying his written, step out in it in confidence, It opens the windows of heaven. It opens a way for God to bring back in so many different ways and produce back into your life in ways that that, that absolutely amaze you. It didn't make sense. It's it's not according to the world's financial system, but the principle of the seed applies when it comes to sowing and reaping. If you will sow and give, you will reap and benefit from it. Every, uh, and I know many of you do this, but every Sunday... Uh, when when deb and I are praying one of the things we'll do is we'll take uh, we'll take his ties that already belong to him. It's not my ties it's his ties that belong to him uh, we take his ties and our offerings which is beyond it and we pray over it and present it now we don't for those of you that are new and sometimes i have, I'm, I forget a lot of people don't know they they've been in churches for, and they're expecting the take up offering or receive offering, whatever. We do have the place back there in the back for people to come and sow his tithes and their offerings. And people have been wonderful over the years to, to, to give. And thank God for that. And, and many people have tithed. Not everybody, but many people have tithed. And there is legitimately an attachment in the word to being obedient in our giving and it opening up a way for God to bless us. There is a connection. You can't avoid it. New Testament says, let everyone give as God has prospered them. Not reluctantly, but give from their heart. And boy, when I realize how much God has blessed us, man, how how could I be stingy about that? And give obediently to the Holy Spirit, but we pray over those offerings and we pray Lord, we know you're the source. We wouldn't have any of this if it weren't for you. It all belongs to you. But we sow your tithes. We give your tithes and all. we give it. Not because you need it, but because that's the way you function in the kingdom of God. That's the way we release our faith. That's the way you work out And bring forth things in the kingdom of God. Uh, We give it and then anything beyond that, we sow these as seed. And sometimes we'll sow them specifically for certain things. And when we sow them, we say, thank you, Lord, that we know we have joy in giving. It's wonderful to give. And in giving, Lord, we're expecting your blessing to be upon it. And that it'll produce a harvest both in in the ministry and the kingdom of God and to produce a harvest back into our lives. And that's not not being selfish and that's not being material. It's just believing what God says. But you have to follow through. You have to do it. You can't just talk about it or hear about it or hear someone share about it. You and I have to make a commitment and follow through with doing it. So, um, Seed will produce as we give. We need to learn to sow the right seed. <laughs> you need more wisdom, ask God. He gives liberally, but one of the ways it might be preaching in your life is be willing to give, share your wisdom with others, the wisdom God's given you. So many opportunities to sow in this ministry right here. I'm not talking about financially. So many people here that we have ways that we can plant and sow seed into different areas of ministry of this church. You've sown over the past year or two in the amphitheater, for one example, that we've been focused on for a while now. And that seed will produce. As you sowed, it produced enough for us to pay for it. And as you sowed and gave, it will produce great things in ministry ahead. Born again. People will be born again. People will be blessed. The community will be blessed. And that will be the harvest. I don't know what all the harvest will consist of there, But I am believing that the seed was sown out here in the grounds just behind us will produce fruit. A great harvest. Everybody say, great harvest. harvest. Uh, Amen, amen. So you're planting seed every day. Be careful what you're planting. And, you know, God, I'm just waiting, waiting on you. you Maybe God's waiting for you to plant a seed. It may not always be easy, but it's important to do that. One last scripture reference that I'll focus on before we go is Galatians chapter six. Quite familiar verse to most of you. Verse 7 says, and this is the principle of the seed. Do not be deceived or misled for whatever, can I hear you say whatever? So whatever a man or woman sows, that he or she will reap. I wanted to be gender. You know, I'm going to be gender accurate here. So, this is speaking to, I won't say all genders, I'll say both genders, because there's basically only two when it comes to being, but, you know, a little confusion over that today. Do not be deceived or misled, for whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That is a kingdom principle. All the way back to Genesis and God's creation, all the way through our life now, that's just the way it works. Someone said, sooner or later, everyone, everyone sits down to a banquet of circumstances. <laughs> there are circumstances to things we do and decisions we make. What's a man sows, that shall also reap. Normally, when we read that verse, what do we think of? Something bad. <laughs> and you know, you reap what you sow. That usually has a negative connotation, most people. Well, you better look out, you're going to reap what you sow. But you know, that... That verse to me is, just doesn't take on a negative connotation anymore. I've just totally turned around, looked at it, and says, Wow, now that means that whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. That's good news, because if you're sowing the right thing, you'll reap the right thing. It's a positive thing. Yes? Yes. The things that are happening to us now, simply, it's simply the harvest of words and actions that were sown in the past. Things that are happening to us now is just simply the harvest of things, of seed that's been sown in the past. I'm not saying seed that, altogether, that was seed that you sowed. Partly it was. But, you know, there are other people out there sowing that sometimes what's produced in that harvest in their lives affects us. Prior generations can affect us. It's important to sow the right seed. So go ahead and start it off right with your generation. So the things that are happening to us now are the the harvest that's sown in the past. And today's words and actions are seed that's being planted for the days ahead in your life, for the future. Verse 8 of... Genesis 6 says, For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. New Living Translation says, Those who only live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And let us not grow weary or tired or discouraged while doing good, for in due season, at the right time, we shall reap if we do not faint, if we do not lose heart, if we do not give up. Amen. What a promise. So, God, Lord, I just, I, 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 I just don't see the things happening in my life the way... The way I, I I want them to happen, I don't see things developing and changing in my life, Lord. It's what I wanted. I I have a need, Lord, that's not being met. I, you know, I don't see much of a harvest in my life. Then, listen. In all, in spoken from a heart of love and compassion for you, and then supplies to me, is. Stop griping about it. Stop griping about what you need or what's not happening. And start believing God's word and planting seed that will produce those promises in your life. Some things, some things are not producing in our life because we just haven't sowed the right thing. So don't complain about the lack of harvest. God may be waiting for you to plant a seed. Ask you a question this morning. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? Maybe you need to plant a seed. What has God been putting in your heart about your life, about the future, about the coming days? What kind of seed do you need to start planting in your life? I, before we go, let me just mention this. In 20, when you look at 2020 vision, the fact that seed, planting seed that produce your future, that will affect your future, seed of the word of God, seed of, of your own life actions and, and words, things the way you live, every aspect of your life. You say, Lord, I, 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 want, I want to see your purpose fulfilled in my life. I want to walk in your will this year. I want want things to be different a year from now in the the way I want them to be different a year from now. There are things, Lord, that I know you want to do in my life. Maybe there's places maybe you want me to go. There's changes you want to make in me and in my family. I have some things that you put inside of me, a vision, dreams, something I believe you planted in there and I want to see it come to pass. Then God wants us to learn how to plant the right seed. So if, if you're going to walk out that vision, let me mention these things before we go. First of all, pray and identify your vision. Pray and identify what the Lord is, what God is really saying to you about your, your goals that you have, the plans you have. Now, as you pray about, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what, what are you doing in my life right now? Lord, I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. The first thing he may do if you start praying that way is he may, he may start changing you. He may start, he may start doing some things in your own life, some adjustments, and that's okay. That's a good thing because he'll sometimes correct your character to keep you in line to receive his blessing. I'll say it one more time. He sometimes will correct your character to put you and keep you in the line for blessing. And when you're praying about a vision, praying about the Lord's direction for the days ahead, remember Proverbs nineteen twenty one that says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. In other words, follow the plan he puts in your heart. Whatever things that, you know, it, you say, well, I don't know where it's my ideas, my plans, that my goals are whatever. Listen, if you're a Christian submitted to his will, then yeah, you're probably hearing what he's really putting in your heart. But you lay that before him and say, Lord, it's not so much about my plans and what I want to see happen. I'm submitting and I'm just laying it down, Lord, and I just want you to do. I want to get your vision. I want to get, Lord, your direction. So you pray and identify your vision. Secondly, it's important to write it down. Write the vision down. Get it written down. Uh, People may think that's rather silly, but there's something about writing it down. Spell it out. Thirdly, keep that before you. What you're praying about, the seed that you're sowing, the harvest you're expecting it, rehearse it every day. When you've written it down, read it over continually. Fourthly, be consistent and be careful about planting the right seed of the Word and the right seed with your words and actions. Be careful. Plant the right seed. Filthy, remember, cultivate that seed along the way by staying in the Word regularly, by by keeping these before the Lord and meditating, and don't just speak against it. Don't start speaking against it. It's kind of like, you know, if you're going to be consistent and persistent in planting a seed, so many people, harvest doesn't happen most of the time just like that. It It takes a while. And when you plant it, It's producing when you cannot see it. When the seed goes into the ground, it is in a secret place. It's hidden, but it's still growing. So don't get discouraged when you're planting seeds and you're not seeing any results yet. Believe God and confess it daily and and know that God is producing in it even when you cannot see it. Even when you don't see it. Even when you don't feel it. It's, It's there. Be consistent in it. Don't do this. If you're a gardener, if you plant, if you plant some seeds and they aren't coming up for a while and you go down and you get your shovel up and you go down and you dig it up every day to see where it's growing or not, what's going to happen? It's going to die, it's never going to produce. You can't do that. You can't do that when you plant the word in your life and you get that faith uh, built up inside of you from believing what God says, you can't back off and say, well, I don't know where that's true or not. Well, you just dug up the seed. If you begin to doubt in any way, or step away from it, or allow something to come into your life that that's really a conflict with it, that it goes against it, that's like digging it up, and it'll never produce. So, cultivate it in your life. Cultivate God's promises, His Word, and finally, learn to just expect and believe for, and anticipate results and harvest. Expect a harvest. Expect a harvest. harvest. Sow into someone else's life. One of the best ways to bless someone and to even see blessings come back in your life is to be that kind of giver and and be sensitive to other people and how you can bless them. Pursue God with everything you you are, pursue God with everything that's in you. I love the promise in Proverbs 16:3 that says, Commit your works. And this is bottom line. Commit your works to the Lord, okay? Commit, surrender your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to him, above everything else. And your plans will succeed. You hear that? Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to him. And your plans will succeed, and five Bible says, if you respond to his will. And guidance. The principle of seed is powerful and it works. And his word has been planted in your lives all years and you've seen it produce. But God wants to do so much more. And whatever you're facing right now, then plant the seed in the word that speaks to that situation that need. And keep it before you and expect to harvest. And as Christians, let's sow the right seed by always being ready to give, ready to bless, ready to impact the kingdom by how we're sowing seeds in other people's lives. Right? Amen. Amen. I want us to stand and pray together and then the worship team's gonna come up and we're just gonna close out worship day before we go home. And, uh, hey, as the worship team is, uh, is playing, as we're singing with them, closing out our time together this morning, just respond to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. Right where you are standing, just open your heart to what he's saying to you. That there's that God has some things that he wants to do and bring to pass in your life, but he's waiting on you and me to plant the right seed, to believe and receive what he's done for us. And, If there's those areas you've been praying about, looking for, and you're expecting God to bring those to pass in your life, you just want to come and maybe plant a seed this morning by just coming up here and saying, Lord, this morning I'm just coming in faith and I believe you're going to produce this in my life and in my family in the days to come. If that's you as we're worshiping, just come fill up this area up front. Let's pray, let's worship before we go home. If you, listen, Jesus said unless a seed dies, is planted and dies, that will not produce life. <clears throat> There's a powerful picture there of Jesus dying on the cross, planted, if you will, in the tomb. He died and out of him was produced life for us. New life, eternal life. So seed has to be planted to produce. What kind of seed do you plant this morning? I see, hey, just listen to the Holy Spirit. We listen to you right now. We just open up to you today, Lord, and say, do your work. God, I pray for those who have specific needs in their life, maybe physical needs, financial needs, other situations, relationship needs, Lord, or they need guidance about your direction for the future and about, Lord, uh, things that they, they, they're facing just ahead of them right now, Lord. Now's a wonderful time, Lord. For us just to open up and let you speak to those situations in our life. And for us to just step out and say, Lord, I'm taking your promises. I'm taking your promises. I'm taking what you said about these things. And I'm receiving that today. Knowing, Lord. Knowing, Lord. That it's through you that we have the answer, the provision, everything we need. We trust you.